Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. We've got David here this morning. Uh, it's a pleasure and a blessing to have David and Margie in our church. And uh, David's a retired Anglican minister, and he's going to be preaching and bringing the word to us this morning. So why don't you put your hands together for this guy? What a privilege to be here today and to hear how God can turn one man's life upside down and all the blessings that have rippled out from that over so many lives. God can still do that. He's still doing that. Let's pray that he'll do that today. Our loving Father, thank you that you are, you call us our Father. Thank you that we can come into your presence as your forgiven children We pray, Lord, that you'll speak into our lives today by your Spirit, that you'll turn us upside down, uh, spiritually speaking, and put us back on our feet if that's what's needed, and help us to take the next steps uh, in your presence, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My Father's Day started in this house on the 13th of July, 1925. My dad was born in the dining room, on the dining room table in that house at 28 River Road West in Sydney's Lane Cove. Dad went to Africa at the age of nine with his family. My grandfather was a marine engineer, actually a steam engineer back in those days, and he worked on the Sydney ferries. And during the Depression, he lost his job. He found another job in what used to be called Southern Rhodesia, before it became Zimbabwe, after it finally got its independence. I was born in Zimbabwe and came to Australia when I was 10, moved to Sydney. In a little house, our first place we stayed in was a boarding house at Sirius Cove down near Mossman, in Mossman. I'd never heard lions in Africa, but I heard them that night. We were 500 metres from Taronga Zoo. 35 years after moving to Sydney, I became the church minister or pastor of this little church, an Anglican church that's right on the border between Chatswood and Lane Cove, back in Dad's old childhood territory. Now, one of the difficulties about being a church minister is that it can be very emotionally draining It is emotionally draining, just as anybody who works in any caring profession will find the work emotionally draining. Sometimes there are tragedies that we deal with, or conflict, or we're just rubbing shoulders with people a lot and we just just need a a break. And that's why it's important to have a, a regular day off every week and regular holidays to unwind, recuperate and reboot. My problem was we lived across the road from that church, and I never felt that I was away from work. I couldn't really switch off, and there was nowhere for me to go. I ended up buying a relatively cheap 24-foot yacht, which we kept down on the harbour, in this bay called Woodford Bay, the same bay where my dad used to play when he was a little boy. It's funny how the, the wheel of life can turn a full circle through two generations. But that was a great um, 
God sent. I, I, I used that boat every Friday for four years until we moved to another church and I didn't need the boat and I sold it. But it was a great place to escape. And um, sometimes I'd have an overnight retreat and I'd sail the boat under the harbour bridge, down the harbour, past the heads to a, a beach called Store Beach. It's in the Manly area. And the good thing about Store Beach is that you can only get there by boat and usually there's nobody else there. And so I'd have the retreat every now and then to, to pray, to reflect on ministry, to think about what the new direction might be. That was basically what I used to do. And, and um, this particular day I was praying, well, this particular occasion I came to do that and I went there on the Thursday night, fell asleep. Next morning, someone's knocking on the side of my boat. Now, who goes knocking on boats so early in the morning? So I stuck my head out. I said, good morning. And the guy said, g'day, mate. Listen, could you please pull up your anchor, take it 50 metres further south, and you can drop anchor there. I said, I don't mind doing that, but why would I want to do that? And he said, because... Later this morning, a school of mullet fish are going to be coming into this bay and I need some room to row out and drop the nets in uh, and catch the fish. And I thought, well, seeing is going to be believing that one. So there were two of them. One of them acted as a spotter up on the headland and the other was sitting in the dinghy waiting. And I was sitting on the beach in a folding chair doing my sermon prep and thinking and praying and reading and just relaxing. And about mid-morning, the spotter said, they're here. And I looked out and in the distance you could see the water boiling and shimmering as, as a school of fish came closer. And when they came close enough, the guy in the boat rowed out in a great big arc, a horseshoe shape, dropping the nets as he went. And I said, did you catch them? He said, yes, I did. Would you come and give me a hand? So he pulled in one end of the net and I pulled the other as we pulled the, the fish back to the beach. And uh, I said, he said, um, I said to him, how did, how did you know that the mullet were going to come in? So oh, they come every year, this time of the year, after heavy rain. He said, what were you doing on the beach? I said, oh, I'm a church minister and I'm, here to relax and think and pray. And I was actually praying for you this morning, praying that you'd catch your fish. He said, oh, thanks for that. My son's a Christian. He normally prays for me, but I forgot to tell him I was, I was going fishing today. So I appreciate your prayers. We'll leave that scene on Store Beach for the moment and go back a couple of thousand years to the shores of Lake Galilee, to another fishing scene. And... Uh, the Lord Jesus is standing on a beach preaching God's kingdom to a crowd of people who have gathered. Little way away, not too far away, are some fishermen. Their boats are pulled up on the beach, at least the, the bow of the boat's on the beach. Probably the, they're too heavy to pull them any further than that. They've been fishing all night and caught nothing. And they're on the beach cleaning their nets, mending them, getting them ready for the next night's catch. And one of the fishermen is named here. 
Simon. And it's not the first time that he's encountered Jesus as he stands there cleaning his nets and listening to the teacher. We're told in John's Gospel that Simon had a brother called Andrew and a father called John. And Andrew was a student of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said to Andrew, I reckon you should meet this guy. I think he's the Messiah. And so Andrew met Jesus and became convinced that Jesus was the Christ, the promised king that God said he would send. And so he very excitedly ran home and told, Peter, told Simon, come and meet someone I believe is the Messiah. Simon went. And Jesus said to him, from now on, your name is going to be Peter, which means the rock. So Peter's standing on the beach. Jesus is teaching over there. And he's, I imagine he's listening and wondering, is this guy really the Christ, God's king? And then Peter does, Jesus does something a little bit uh, surprising. He actually gets into Simon's boat and he sits there and he uses it as a preaching platform. And then when he's finished and the people start to disperse, Jesus says to, to Simon, why don't you push your boat out into the water again and drop down your nets for a catch? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like an amateur telling me how to do my job. I was building a granny flat once and a fairly large renovation for, uh, for a client and I needed some extra help so I employed three labourers, one of whom had come from another country recently and was out of work. He had been a, a real estate agent before and so I gave him some, um, some work as a, a labourer. First day on the job, he starts telling me how to do my job. He hasn't got a clue, but he keeps doing it. And it's, it's just, it starts to get on my, on, my, uh, on my, not my mind, what is it? <laughs> Nerves, that's it. I was, really, I, was finding it really, I, was, I was waking up in the middle of the night thinking, what am I going to do with this guy? This is really, this is really, um, really, really annoying. And it reached the point where one of us had to go. Before, before one of us died. Now, there are a number of people in this church who enjoy fishing. I know Dave Spannenberg, Brad Kershaw, any other fishermen here, amateur fishermen? I have met others who say, that, say they do that. If I went fishing with you, I'd never tell you how to do your job. And here's a carpenter from Nazareth telling a professional fisherman how to do his job. Did I say before that fishing was done on Lake Galilee at night? And one of the reasons I heard was that um, the fish that they were looking for tended to try and get away from the light. And so during the daytime they'd be deeper down, they'd come closer to the surface at night. Now whether that's the case or not, I don't know, but that sounds reasonable to me. And so Peter says to Jesus, Lord, we did it right the first time. And then he graciously says, but because you say so, I'll do it. So he throws his nets in again. And at that moment, the biggest school of fish that has ever come anywhere near Peter's boat swims right into his nets. It's remarkable. And Peter has a real problem now because 
Um, he's about to be overwhelmed by these fish. So he yells out to his labourers and to his partners for help. And they come and they start loading the fish into the boat. Back on Store Beach, when we finally pulled the nets in and they had their rowing boat just sitting nearby, it took us an hour to load all the fish from the nets into the boat. I've never seen anything like it. At the end, the boat was piled high with fish. Peter has not seen anything like this before either. And he's overwhelmed. First of all, the excitement and the adrenaline rush, but now it's overwhelming. And we read that he falls down on his knees before Jesus. I think Peter must have sensed that he was in the presence of true greatness, God's greatness, and true goodness, God's goodness. For he says to Jesus, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. If you knew me like I know myself, you would want nothing to do with me. If you knew me like other people know me, you'd want nothing to do with me. I have not loved God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and all my strength. I haven't loved my neighbour as myself. Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus brings these gracious words to him. Don't be afraid. Our Lord brings into Peter's life loving acceptance of this man just where he is, this potty-mouthed fisherman. And he does more than bring his own love and acceptance into this man's life, for behind the Lord Jesus is his Father. And the Lord saw his mission being bringing people who have wandered away from their heavenly Father, who got themselves spiritually lost, to find them and to bring them back. And Peter is one of those people. Through Jesus, Peter experiences the love of his heavenly Father. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of my rejection. Don't be afraid of God's judgment. Now, Peter didn't realise at this point what it would cost for the Father to bring his love and acceptance into Peter's life at that moment. Peter would learn later how large that cost would be, that it would cost Jesus his life, his suffering and death upon a cross. But at that moment, he just experienced God's love and acceptance. And I think it illustrates for us something of our Father's love for us too. We all had a Father, whether we knew that Father or not. Some of us wish we'd never met that Father. Others look back with appreciation for the Father we had. Some of us are fathers, uh, and none of us are perfect. Not them, nor ourselves. I'm not perfect. When I first had kids, I was an emotional two-year-old. I think I sort of grew up with them. Um, I'm a much better father now and grandfather than I was when I first started. But none of us is perfect. When God calls himself our father, he's not saying I'm like a father or like your father. He's saying I am father. I define fatherhood. 
You want to know what fathers look like? Look to me and my love and my mercy and my strength and my goodness, my integrity. And And Peter on the beach experiences the love and acceptance of his heavenly father. Jesus doesn't just say, don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. Come and join my fishing team, says Jesus. Come and join my father's partnership. And the word that Jesus uses is not the word that is used for catching and killing fish. It's the the word that is used for for catching people alive, setting them free from a trap, for example. Finding people who are lost and bringing them home to our loving Heavenly Father through Jesus. We've met two, we've met one Peter today. Um, there's, there's first Peter, and we, we just come across second Peter, who wrote first one and two Peter later in the Bible. And I'd like to tell you about a third Peter. Um, this other Peter was someone I got to know when I was working at a church um, on the northern beaches of Sydney. And uh, he came to church one day, um, sort of randomly or he might have come with his wife, but he, hadn't, he didn't normally go to church. But he, we ended up connecting and he became our accountant. Then last year I got a, a message from him on Facebook Messenger. And he said, David, did I ever tell you that when I went to church for the first time in a sort of random way, you were preaching and you talked about the fact that we cannot put ourselves into a right relationship with God by trying harder to be good. We can't make up for what we've done wrong, but that Jesus has done all that for us, and that he rose again as our Lord so we can trust our lives to him and find God's forgiveness and acceptance. He said, I heard that message, David, and it turned my life upside down in an instant. And I wrote back and said, no, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> it would have been good, encouraging to know that, but I'm glad that's what happened because I was completely oblivious to that. God was working in your life through his word and through the message, and he keeps doing that. I've put that um, story into a, into a ballad form. And uh, let me, uh, so I'm speaking from Peter's point of view. This is Simon Peter speaking. Let, let me introduce myself. Simon Pete's the name. With my partners, James and John, we're in the fishing game. I've got a sort of uh, sea shanty I'd like to sing today. I'll do the chorus because my mates aren't here to play. One day this fella, Jesus Christ, comes upon the scene Telling us that God is good and wants to make us clean Pulling oars and dragon nets, working hard all night Sometimes we bust our guts in vain, there's not a single bite. Cast your nets again, he says, try the other side. Telling us professionals to swallow years of pride. Pulling oars and dragon nets, hey, heave with all your might. We've caught ourselves a school of fish, this Jesus bloke was right. Mate, that really got to me, I knelt down near his feet. Listen, Lord, I'm not the type of man you'd like to meet. Pulling oars and dragon nets, heave with all your might. We've caught ourselves a school of fish, this Jesus bloke was right. And then he said, don't be afraid, 
you're just the friend for me. I want you on my fishing team to help set people free. Pulling oars and dragon nets, heave with all your might. We've caught ourselves a school of fish, this Jesus bloke was right. Pulling oars and dragon nets, we've left all that behind. The boss of fish has netted us, our work's been realigned. Now Jesus Christ is still around. He speaks to us today. I want you on my fishing team. Come on, don't delay. There's a, a guy who works for my son's building company and uh, he used to go to church occasionally, the same church that Peter went to, that I was working at. And uh, his wife was a full-on follower of Jesus, but he wasn't. He used to come along occasionally just to be there, support her, check things out. He had friends in the church, but he wasn't ready for Jesus. And then one day, Ken Duncan came. Anybody seen the photographs of Ken Duncan, a famous Australian photographer? He came and he preached. I didn't know Ken Duncan preached, but he did a great job. He was a really good preacher. And at the end of his talk, he said, if God's been speaking to you and you're ready to follow the Lord Jesus, then I want you to do something about that now. Leave your seats and come to the front. We'll have a bit of a chat and I'll pray for you and help you to get started. Well, it was as if my mate had been catapulted off an aircraft carrier. We talk about running to the Father in, the, in our next song. He just ran, ran to the front. And uh, that was the start of a great big turnaround in his life. His life was turned upside down. Now, what was it that brought you to church today? Maybe a, a friend or relative? Maybe God wanted you to, God wanted you to be here. And uh, I'm not going to ask you to leave your seat and come to the front as my mate did. Not yet anyway, but at the end of the service, we have a prayer team and each week they come and they pray for people who would like prayer for some issue. I invite you to come forward at that point and just ask someone to pray for you. To, uh, if you're still trying to work through the issues, pray that God will give you clarity. God will give you a start to your new journey if that's where you're at. How about if I pray? Thank you, Father, for your love and mercy. Thank you that you introduced yourself to us as our Heavenly Father. Thank you that you, that you don't have the faults and failings that we have, but that you define what true fatherhood is. Help us, Lord, to live in your love and to learn to trust you with our lives. And we pray through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.